Hola, bonjour, hello. Let me ask you a question. Do you think it's possible to have a word language class where instead of teaching the language, the rules, and the vocab, you and your students use the language to enjoy learning about each other and the world? I hope your answer is a big yes, because that's exactly what you will discover inside Growing with Proficiency, the podcast. My name is Claudia Elliott, a Spanish teacher born and raised in Colombia, who is as passionate as you are to support our learners to grow in their proficiency and cultural competence. My goal is that in this podcast, you find clarity, strategies, ideas, and inspiration that you can bring into your classroom the next day. Are you ready? Get comfortable while I grab my cafecito colombiano and let's start this conversation now. Hola, bonjour, hello. Welcome to a new episode of Growing with Proficiency, the podcast. This is kind of like part two of my episode that I recorded last week, episode 48, where I talk about personalized questions and answers. At the end of that episode, I said I was going to talk about Star Student Interview because Star Student Interview is all about personalized questions and answers. So if you want to know more about PQAs, go back after you finish this episode and listen to episode 48. But in this episode, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite activities to do in my class. This is my my go-to activity whenever things are not working really well in my class or whenever I started a new school year and I want to get to know my students, or maybe it's a Friday, or maybe I don't feel great, or maybe my students don't feel great. This is an activity that you can use any day, like really any day in your um, class, before you start a unit, in the middle of the unit, at the end of the unit, when you don't have a plan, or when you have a plan and your plan is falling apart. So Stay with me because today we're going to talk about what is a star student interview, some of the benefits of star student interview, how to do a star, star student interview, what type of questions we can ask, kind of the process, what to do afterwards. And at the end, I will answer some questions that you already sent to me about this specific uh, strategy. So let's just start. I learned everything that I know about star student interview from Bryce Henstrom. As a matter of fact, in the show notes, I will put the link to all the information because he has a ton of great information about star student interview. So what is a star student interview? Is a set of questions that you're going to ask to a specific student in the class. So instead of like the general PQA that you will start with the class and you start asking these open questions and then you select the student and you continue with the class. Star student interview are interviews that you ask to a specific student who is the star student of the day. And that is the main difference. Now, I also, when I'm doing star student interview, I'm more intentional. I have my, my questions already scripted, already, already written on a slide because I want to make sure that they're totally comprehensible for my students. I want to think about the possible answers and I really want to think through the entire interview. Why? Because I have a student in front of the class and I'm going to make that student trust me. 
I don't want to put anyone in front of the class unless that person feels special, really unique, really celebrated. And I don't want the opposite, right? Like I really don't want any of my students who have been brave and said, I want to be your star student today to feel like, oh my God, that was horrible. I felt super stressed. On the other hand, I want the totally the opposite. I want the, them to be excited and I want everyone to see that and say, I want to be the next one. So that's a star student interview. So when you compare a star student interview with a regular PQAs that you do in your class, star student interview tend to be a little bit more controlled in nature because at least I scripted the questions and there is one student in the spotlight in front which I'm going to talk more about it. Now, what are the benefits? Okay, so we get to know our students. We really create a space in our class that is centered around one student, but that leads to really focus on all our students. Uh, The next one is because you have a student on the spotlight, it really helps me create connections among themselves. And this is huge, especially after covid or depending on your school context. But sometimes we have schools where you don't have that culture. We don't have students who are living in the same neighborhood, the same area, or maybe they don't share the same interests. And sometimes they just feel like little islands, right? Like they don't talk among themselves. They don't even know their names. They don't know anything about each other. And because of the nature and how communication is at the center of our classes, we really want to create those connections. And a star student interview is going to help us to do that. The third uh, benefit is that, of course, allows me to use target language in context. And that is huge for me because it really empowers us to have this conversation in Spanish in my class or in the target language, if it's just teaching French or Chinese or German or uh, Arabic Whatever is the language that you're teaching is really allowing me to have a context for those conversations. Uh, also, it, can, it, it creates curiosity. I use a star student interview also as a hook for my units. So usually at the very beginning of my units, I many times I use star student interview to ask questions related to my unit where I'm going to get the information or how interested my students are on different different aspects on my unit. So it really engages and creates us curiosity. And when I do that, I use Star Student Interview to preload some structures or vocab that is going to be essential part of my unit. Now, if you're teaching with a textbook, Star Student Interview is a perfect activity that you can use with your textbook. Because if you're talking about, for example, the house, you can look at some, like some, it's not going to be all, but some of the vocab that you have and some of the structures and create questions for your student. Like, what is your favorite room in your class, in in your house, sorry? Or what would be the the color that you would love to have your uh, bathroom? Uh, What would be the perfect color for your bathroom? Or, you know, questions around a house or if you're talking about food oh my gosh my students love food and like what type of food do you like what do you like a fried food or do you like grilled food or do you like have a chicken or meat so it can be a great way to really use language in context and give our textbook units that sometimes are really dry this communicative approach where you start asking 
questions related to the unit to your students. So those are great benefits, right? Like who wouldn't like those? You're connecting with your students. You're getting to know your students. You're using language in context. You're creating a curiosity and you are preloading language. So those are some of the benefits. And that's the reason that I do start student interviews so frequently in my class. Now, how to do it? And I think this is the, this is the part that we're going to spend the most time in this episode. So the first one is creating your questions. I think we need to take some time to think about what type of questions I want to ask my students. And depending on how or why you're using a start student interview, the questions may be different, but there's some questions that I always incorporate. So the first question is name. I also love to hear about origin, like where are you from, but where, where is your family from? I love to have those conversations, I guess because I'm an immigrant and I always find that half of my story is not in this country. So I like when people ask me about that, I love for them to ask me a little bit about Colombia. I think that I feel seen. So maybe it's because of that. That's something that I have in my head. But I always ask, where are you from? Where is your family from? Um, and then, uh, you know, sometimes I ask about age, birthday, like these general questions. And then Sarah Berkeley, an incredible Spanish teacher, uh, mentioned that she always asks about their talents. And, and I think that's such a great question to ask. And what makes it a great question is because some of our students think that they don't have talents. And when we ask that question and then when we give them options for that answer, they realize that like, oh, I do have a talent. And I love when that happens in my class. So asking about talents, right? Like preferences, type of questions, they're going to be always great. Now, I also, depending on where I'm going to use my questions, I also like to ask questions related to the time of the year. So if we are at the beginning of the school year, I'm going to ask more general questions that is going to get me help me to get to know my students more, but also get me a sense of how they feel about the school year. So I like to ask, how, what are you excited about this school year? And I always give them options like your friends, meeting new people, practicing sports, participating in extracurriculum activities. But I also ask, what are you most stressed about this school year? And those questions really like open my eyes to see the level of the stress and anxiety that some of our students have. Uh, but also, you know, if there are big celebrations, uh, like in September, we celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. I want to know if they have some Hispanic heritage, right? Like I want to know if their grandparents or the aunts or the cousins are from a Spanish-speaking country. And I want to mention that. Uh, and I also want to know if they have a friend that speak uh, Spanish or that is from a Hispanic heritage. So I tend to ask questions related to the time of the year. And in my TPT store, you will find those set of a uh, set of questions for each month because there are some specific questions that I want to ask my students for the year. But also I use my start student interview for my units. So when it's for my units, I am going to ask questions that are going to help my students connect and be curious about the unit. Last year, I did um, a unit for my AP class about uh, bienvenidos, welcome uh, to the internet. And it was a school in Peru that was wel welcoming the internet because it was just coming to their school. And I asked questions like, 
what do you do, do what do you use the internet for here at school uh, is an internet more useful than your textbook why what would you do if you don't have internet what are the things that you know so i ask questions that are gonna ask my students and kind of like give them the space to think about it Oh, that's true. I mean, what would be, well, how our life would be without internet? Uh, and then when we are in the unit, my students are like, huh, they always seem much more engaged with the unit. Now, those are my units. And as I mentioned in our, in my questions, and as I mentioned it in my episode 48, I level up the questions. So I always like to start, I lo- always love to have yes or no question, either or questions, questions that they can answer with one word. And I try to think if that word can be a cognate or a proper name. And then when I, I and then for my open-ended questions, I like to give them options. And sometimes my students are going to stay with the option or they're going to use an, a different option. And then they're going to use either Spanish in my class or L1, their, their first language. And that's totally okay. So, but when I think about it is I don't want my students to be stressed. I want my students to be excited to share. So I'm not going to make a big deal, but I'm going to make sure that they're going to have questions that they're going to be like serious stress. Like, oh, this is just so easy. I'm just answering these questions. This is like, oh my gosh, I'm such a great Spanish speaker or whatever, right? Like I want them to feel extra, super confident. Now, then I have this criteria that I mentioned again in episode 48. And there are three. Is my question comprehensible to all my students, but specifically to my star student interview? And I'm always looking at my star student interview thinking, is my star student interview feeling confident about this question? And if I have any doubt, I'm going to go to the rescue. I will either draw it, I will translate it, I will gesture, but I want my star student interview to totally like feel 100% comfortable with the question. So the second, the second question that I ask myself is, is this relatable to my students? And getting to know your students and getting a sense, a, a pro tip is always do a start of the year survey with your students to get to know them and look at those those results. And that is going to be like a goal for you to write great questions, things that are interesting for them. And the last one is, can my students answer the question? And this is huge because if, if my student cannot answer the question, it's going to be terrifying for that student and remember what I said at the at the beginning I want the rest of my students see think oh I want to be next one I want to be the next star student because it's so easy it's great you have the spotlight it feels great it's it's a great great experience so I want to make sure that my students have everything that they need to answer and I, and when they don't, I want them to feel totally comfortable using their first language. Now, I also have different type of questions depending on the level by students. And I'm going to give you an example. One of my units is about legends. In October, I do La Llorona with my intermediate level and I do El Coco with my novice level. So I'm, I'm going to ask questions related to legends. So if I'm with my novice level, I may ask, 
are you afraid of the boogeyman? <laughs> because I know that they talk about the boogeyman. Or are you, af- do you know of any popular um, legends in uh, your community? And then when I talk with my upper levels, I'm going to say, when you were a kid, did your parents tell you a story to make you obey? Would you tell stories to a kid uh, that makes them afraid so they obey? Or have you, right? So I'm going to structure my language to level down or level up my question. There is an incredible resource uh, from Cecile Lynn. Oh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. But this um, is kind of like a checkbox with different questions for the level. And I'm going to add that link to the show notes so you can see how much you can level up the questions and how much you can level down. Now, this is a great thing. If you think, oh, I need to wait to use the conditional until my students are in level three, don't worry about it. We can use the conditional. We can use the future tense. We can use different structures in the lower levels too if the question is good. And of course, what we're going to control is how they're going to answer and how I'm going to narrate. I don't want to go totally like out of bounds with my questions, but also allowing us to ask a good question, even though we use the conditional, because as soon as you establish the meaning of that conditional, then it's good. Like, right? Like, would you, would you go to the uh, museum on a Friday night? Irías a un museo el, el, el viernes por la noche and they're going to say, no, absolutely not. Or yes. And that's it. So you want the information from them. So sometimes so what I want to say here is, I'm rumbling, is even if you think that the structure is not at your student's level, if you have a good question, don't let that stop you from asking it. If you establish the meaning of the structure, then it's going to be worth it. Okay, so that is how the type of question that we want to ask to our students now let's move to how to conduct the start student interview. And this is like, I think, so important. So the first one is inviting the participation. I go to the front of my class and I say, I need a volunteer to interview. And this is going to be my star student. I'm super excited. I'm like very hype up. I'm like, I necesito un voluntario and I'm going to be super excited and I'm going to be super happy and I'm going to just be clapping. And I always have my first student. And when I get that first student, then my 100% intention is make that experience the best experience ever. So the rest of the class is going to want to be the next one. And that's how I start. So I never, never force any of my students to be star student, right? Like you cannot be forced to be star student. It, it just doesn't work like that. And my interview is not going to be great. It, nothing is going to, no, nothing positive is going to come out from that. So I don't do it. Then my star student is going to come to the front of my class and I have a special stool and I have a sage, such that is, that it says is in the Colombian flags eh, and then it says very important person. I got it from a restaurant, very famous restaurant in Colombia and I love it. So I put that sage and we clap. And my first question is, what's your name? So my student is going to say, and then we're going to say, hello, Jordan, or clase, clase, di, hola, Jordan. And then my class is going to say, hola, Jordan. And everybody's going to be super excited. And then 
I ask the question. Now, I mentioned it before. I ask the question and I look at my star student. And if I see any doubts, any confusion, any sign of like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing here. I will go to the rescue and I will always be super excited about each one of my star students answer. Now, when I get the answer, I narrate the answer. And many times I go back to my class and I ask a similar question to my class. So for example, if one of my questions is, how old are you? And my student responds 14. Then I'm going to say, oh, Jordan is 14 years old. Interesting class. Who is 14 years old? And then some of my students are going to raise their hands. And I'm going to say, oh, Megan is also 14. And William is also 14. And uh, Janine is also 14. And I'm going to narrate and say, oh, they are 14 years old. Now, who is 13? And then they're going to raise their hand. And like, oh, Sarah is 13. Oh, wow. So who is 15? And then somebody's going to raise their hand and I'm going to narrate. I'm going to say, am I 14? I always like to say that. And they look at me like, are you serious? No, like, oh, I know. And this is the clue. Are you with me? And then I look at some of my rejoinders and I'm going to point to rejoinder. And I say, no, I'm not 14. How sad. Que triste. And I pointed. And then I sang to my class. With my ear, I put my hand behind my ear like I want to listen. And I say, clase, que triste. And I put my ear and my class repeat, que triste, señora. And that is when the magic happens. So it's a combination of the answer of my star student, me narrating the answer, me asking the class, following up, including myself, and then using rejoinders. And that is what creates the authentic conversation among the students. It's magical. Now, that is how I do with all my questions. Sometimes the class is so is doing so well and we're so engaged that I start doing follow-up questions. Like, for example, what is super exciting about this year for you? And one of my options is practicing sports. And I say, oh, interesting. Who else is excited about practicing sports? And then some students raise their hand. And then I ask my star student interview, my star student, now what sport? And then my student, and then, you know, like the eyes. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to say that sport. Should I say it in English? And then I'm going to go to the rescue. And then I'm going to say, eh, football, golf. And then at some point, my star student is going to say, oh, yes. Oh, football, football americano. Oh, who's that doing football? And then I, I, if I feel like my, the energy of the class is right there, I start asking for teams and I ask him for the famous teams that we have in our state. And then we have like, sometimes it just goes seven minutes and we are in one question because of the follow up questions. So that is how I do the star student interview. Now, one of the things that I keep in mind is keeping my interviews short. So I like to have six to eight questions. Now, as you can like see now, I always have a set of at least 20 to 30 questions per month. 
because I create a star student interview for each month. I have 30 questions. Now I'm not going to ask one student 30 questions because that's going to be tragedy. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. What I do is I start picking six to eight questions. And every time that I do star students interview for that month, I'll change the questions, but I already have done them. Like I, I have them ready. So it's really easy for me to do it. And that keeps novel, like it keeps the novelty of the activity and the interviews is because I don't ask the same questions every single day or every time that we do the star student interview during the month. And then the next month, questions are going to change. And then the star students interview that I do the unit, they're really specific to that unit. So the questions are different. So even though the activity is the same, because I change so often the questions, it keeps my students very engaged. Now, um, when I feel that this, the interview is not doing well, for some reason, my, stu- my star student is not really excited. It's just kind of like, oh, just answering just barely the question. My class is not excited. Then I'll keep it short. But I will always, always celebrate my student because it takes a lot of courage to sit in front of a class doing an interview in a language that you're just acquiring. I mean, it just takes a lot. So I'm going to celebrate that and I'm going to make sure that is the best experience. I usually, at the end of my interview, I have a big slide that says gracias and we clap and then I take a picture. So I have a student who is going to take a picture of my star student and me and then we clap and I just give them a high five or, you know, celebrate or big smile, super like grateful for that experience. And that is how I do the star student interview. Now, what do we do after? It just depends on the time. It just depends on the class. But usually what I like to do is do a write and discuss. I learned write and discuss. I think I have mentioned it here in the podcast several times with Mike Pito. So write and discuss is basically the activity that you do after you do a lot of oral input and you want to consolidate that language in a text. But instead of you just after the class writing the text, you co-write it with your class. And you ask questions to your class to remember and recall the information that was provided during the oral input activity. And then you write it on the whiteboard or on the computer and project it to the class. And I like to do that because it's just a really different way, a different way for me to model the language. And in this write and discuss, I always include information from other students. So I don't do them all, but usually it's just based on the answers of the class. So for example, so my, uh, is Jordan 14 or 15? That's my question. And my class is going to say 14. And then somebody else, oh yeah, Sana is 14 too. And Megan is 14 too. So I'm going to say, you know, many students in the class are 14 years old, but um, I don't know. William is 13 or something like that, but I want to inter- incorporate other students, not only because I love that their names are there. I think it's such a great personalization, but also because I want my students to be exposed to different forms, right? Like not, not only the third singular person, but the third, uh, uh, the third plural person, right? The third, yeah. They for, I don't know. Okay. 
Let's move on. I also have exit tickets. So on my exit tickets is mention one thing that is similar with the star student or mention three things that you learn from the star student. But an exit ticket, it always makes the students really know that these activities are relevant. And usually when I do a star student interview and I take a picture, the next day my warm up is the picture of me and my star student and an activity. Like I'm going to rewrite the text and I'm going to include false information and they need to discover what is the intruder in that text or what is true or false about my star student. So I want to really milk this activity and come back to this activity as much as possible. So this is kind of like the general information about star student interview. But last week I decided to post in social media and ask you what questions you have about star student interview. And I get a lot of great questions and I'm going to answer to them right now. Okay, so Sharon and Susan question is kind of like similar. So Sharon is asking, do you do this with all students? And what about those who don't like attention? And then Susan's question is, how do you handle students who don't want to talk in front of the class? Okay, so this is a reality. We will have a student who say, oh, I will not be in front of the class. And that is totally okay because they don't need to be in front of the class to be included in this, in, in this activity. So if you remember when I was talking about how I do a star student interview, I asked the question to my star student and then I turned to the class. Now, many times I'm just kind of like polling my class and then they're going to raise their hands. So for example, if Sarah is super introvert, if Sada is super shy, and I know that Sada will never be my star student because Sada doesn't like the spotlight, I'm gonna, Sada is raising her hand. I'm gonna say, Oh, Sada is 14 too. So you can incorporate and include all your students, even if they're not in the spotlight, even if they're not the star student by asking the question to the class and being very intentional and narrating their answers, even if they don't want to speak out their answers. So that's how I do with the star student interview. Now, I also got this idea from my friend and brilliant Spanish teacher, Paulino Brenner. And Paulino was in my Spanish teacher academy doing a training about story asking. And in that training, he showed us a great way to do story asking without our student having to like say their options because sometimes it gets crazy or sometimes students don't want to say it. And uh, Paulino uh, used Kahoot and it can be used with any any type of um, web tool. So this is the idea. So for example, if you're asking a star student interview and you have a specific class that just don't want to talk, they, they don't feel comfortable. They, they don't have that type of energy. They are kind of like reluctant to do that. I think a star student interview is one of the activities that they have to volunteer because if they don't have that desire to participate, it's going to be painful for you and it's going to be painful for them. So if that is the case, then maybe you can start with this option and then move and see if that creates some excitement on them and then move to the star student interview. So this is what Paulino shows. So he asked the question, I usually use Kahoot for content-based questions, right? Like to review a story 
or to review a um, video that we watch or an article that we read. But what Paulino showed us is we can use this for anything, right? Like for any type of answering questions. So what we can do is instead of having the questions on a slide, we can ask the entire class using Kahoot. So you put the question, how old are you? And then you put the answers. And then you will have, even though you don't have the specific name, you will have, oh, most of my students are 14. And then you can turn to the class and say, who is 14? Who is 13? Who is 15? And then they can raise their hand. And then you have your star student, right? So it's not going to be a star student interview, but then you get the same result. That is to engage with them and to have this conversations and I know it's kind of like we are conversation because they're responding through Kahoot but it will really help you get to know your student now I'm thinking that um some like booklet maybe gives you the name of the student who is answering how that student is answering so that would be even better but you can be creative and do a star student interview using tools like Kahoot, booklet, GimKit, Ego Formative and get the sense, get the answers from your student, and then you can narrate, and then you can create your write and discuss with the information from your students. So I think that is a great choice, especially if you have that class. Okay, so Madame Forker asked me, how do you introduce star student to your students? Okay, so I don't know. I am, I think, if I would be a student and uh, my teacher comes and say, okay, I'm going to have this star student interview and I'm going to ask you eight questions in Spanish and you're going to be in front of the class and you're going to answer to get to know each other, I will be paralyzed. And I will never say, yeah, me. I mean, maybe some students. So I don't explain it too much. <laughs> I mean, I think that you, you know better your class you know better your students, but what I tend to do is come super excited and say, I need a volunteer. That is like my first statement. And some of my students are going to raise their hand, no matter what is a volunteer for. I mean, like most of the time they don't even ask me. Sometimes they ask me why and I say, because I want to have a star student to ask a few questions. And I'm always smiling, like this is just amazing. And that's how I present it to my class. And then I always have expectations, right? Like uh, that is something that I do every single day in my class. And my expectation is one person talks and the rest listens. So when I do a star, uh, when I do a star, star, star student interview, I tell my students, put everything under their chair. Attention is with me. We are going to listen to the answers and we are going to participate by answering questions. And I'm very specific about that. And that's how I explain a star student interview to my students. Okay. Sassy asks, how do you say that often? So I do, and this is something that I truly believe and I've been saying in this podcast several, several times is a lot of these activities require a lot of trust with our students. They need to trust that because this is very, um, I don't know, it's, it's personal, but also we can ask questions that can I don't know, spark something in them because we don't know their own reality and we don't know what question can be that question that is going to really make our students upset. So I think it has to be a lot of trust in the students and a lot of trust in the process. Plus the expectations. 
where, where students know what is the expectation of the class. And that's why I believe that these activities have to be frequent in the class. It cannot be, I'm going to do a start student interview once per semester because your students will not get out of the activity as much. So I do it often. At the beginning of the school year, I do it every single day. Every single day I do a star student interview, sometimes two per day, the first two or three weeks. And then I try to do it on Fridays. It's kind of like a fun Friday activity for us to do a star student interview. And then I do it to start a unit. So I do it often. And the only reason that I can, I, I believe that I can do it often and my students keep engaged with that is because my questions change. So the question is always a different type of question. And then what I do with the results is I create the text and then we play games sometimes. We have a warm-up activity. We have a little quiz about it. So they know there is something more about it. And they really like when I do kind of like a group of tests. I do start a student interview at the beginning of the year every day. So I have like six texts from students, like mini, mini biographies from the students through the start student interview. And I create a Kahoot game. I create a booklet game. I create a game kit. And how cool is that all the questions and the answers are related with the students in the class. So they really like that. Uh, and that's how I keep it. And I have, uh, that's how I can do it often. Okay. Karen's question is, do you use graphic organizer? This is a great question, Karen. I have used graphic organizer. So let me tell you a little bit about this. When I do start student interview, the ideal situation is I interview my student, I ask a question to my student, and then I turn to the class, I engage the class, I narrate, we just have fun, and then I move to the next student, the next question. I may do some follow-up questions, I engage my class, and then we move like that, right? However, there are some classes, there are some days that you feel like your students don't have the capacity to pay attention. They don't have the focus. They don't have the, um, you know, the consistency to be paying attention and they're going to get distracted. They're going to be talking to each other. If you have, that happened to me last year because I have a class of 37 students. It was such a big class and it was after lunch. And it was really difficult because I got like 80% of my class and 20% of my class was, I don't know, doing everything. And for me, it was really hard to be the host of my interview to be the interview because I was trying to pay attention to my star student and really make sure that my star student was okay. But at the same time, I have a few students chatting or, you know, maybe trying to look at their phones or just having this conversation. And I was like, oh, this is so, so hard. So for because of that class, I created some graphic organizers. So there are so many ideas for graphic organizer, but basically is a document where you can help your students take notes about what the star student uh, is saying, the answers. And you can create like general information, interests, talents, and have your class completed in their first language, in the target language or by drawing, depending on the level of the class. Another one that I like to do, like I try to like make things different a little bit every time that I do it, is 
what is similar and what is different. And what I want to use is my students pay attention to the questions and decide commonality, like similarities and difference with the star student. And that would be another way. Now, when you do that, and if you have upper levels, then you can have them after they do that, students can get together in groups of two or three, and then they can create a text about the star student um, based on the information that they got, or that they can create questions. I love GameKit Collab, where students can ask, can create the questions. So based on the, on the graphic organizer and the information that, that they got, they can create the questions and they can create your game kit. And then after they create the questions, then you approve it and then you can play. So different options thinking about, okay, so my students don't have the capacity yet to pay attention or this class or this day or whatever it is, but I, they need to be doing something. So graphic organizers are great and easy way for them to be doing that thing. Okay. Uh, Luisa said, oh, this is very similar to what Karen was asking is what do the rest of the students do during star student? So that is Luisa. They are going to be engaged answering questions because I'm always going to go back to them and ask the class, but also you can choose to have them take notes and then do something with those notes, right? Like we really, I love uh, Florencia Henshu and uh, their book with um, Morris Hawkins in common grounds when they say about we need to give them a reason to listen so i always believe that if my content is com compelling enough that's the reason right like because it's so interesting that i want to listen but many times that's not the case when you have 37 students and you know every all type of interest in the class so we want to think about what i want them to do with that and then what to do next. And that is kind of like how I think to create the task for my students. Okay. Joanna's uh, asked, how do you use the cards? Okay. So let's talk about the cards in my star students. When I do have my star students interview in my TPT store and what the ones that I share with my academy in the Spanish teacher academy, I create question cards so with every single question that I have. In my slides, I have a small question card, like a post-it type of size. So what can we do with those? They are perfect for like the activity that is called speed dating, which I don't really like that name, but it can be speed interviewing. So what I like to do is I, pre I, I create those question cards and I make some sets and I give it to my students and then they can use it to inter interview each other. Uh, fast, right? Like ask three questions to your, to the student A and then go to the next student and go to the next student and go to the next student. I also like to use those cards to poll my, my classes. So if my questions are, what are your favorite activities to do in school? Or what do you like to be when you grown up? When you grown up? No, after graduation or something like that. Or what is your favorite activity to do over the weekends? So and I want to have like more information. I do my question cards and then they ask each other the question to several students and then we start polling the students. So that is one option to do with the question cards. Another option is small group discussions. 
I did an episode, uh, I think it was episode 40, no, it was 41, it was 31. And my episode 31 was about um, stations. And the reason that I started doing stations in my class a few years ago was because I wanted to have the possibility to start to have small group discussions with my class where I was present. I was present with my students and I was able to ask them a few questions, let them ask questions. So what I did last year is I grabbed a lot of the questions that I have for start student interview throughout the year and I use them in those cards and I print them up, cut them up and have them like on a deck. And then a group came and we just flip a question and it was like, what do you like to do after school? That was the question that's coming from a star student. And then my students would answer. So you can do that with those cards. You can just create like five sets and have them put like as a deck and have your students to be like in three or four students per group and flip and answer those questions and get information about the students. Now you can also listen to, I'm trying to remember what was the episode. I, episode 22 with Bethany Drew. Bethany Drew shared five interpersonal activities to build communicative skills. And I think you can use these questions from the star student interview as a question card, like in little cards to create those activities because they, I mean, she, she's talking, Bethany shares with that incredible five activities to do. And you can use the questions, these type of questions to do that. So those are different options for the start, for the question cards. Okay. Now the last question is Marisol. Marisol is how do you manage control questions? Basically Marisol is saying, okay, I'm teaching a novice class. They're not going to be able to answer questions in the target language. How do you manage that? Do you let them use their first language or do you give them options? So my answer is I give them options. Every time that I have an open-ended question, I give them a few options. However, if they need to use their L1, the first language, that's a perfect opportunity for them to use it. Why? Because at the end, my purpose is to get to know my students. And of course, I'm going to try to use as much target language as possible. But I want my students to feel that they have resources, right? And one of the resources is their first language. And we understand the first language. So we can use the first language. Now, I, for that, I love the episode that I recorded with Dr. Diana Newberg because she talks about trying to move away from policing the use of target language and really become curious and evaluate when our students don't use target language in class is because they have so much to say that they cannot keep it control in the target language, which is a great thing because that means that we are engaging them. Or can I give them more or can I scaffold more the activity so they can stay in the target language? And that is kind of like my answer for this question. I, if they need the target language, if they're like one to answer, they're so, like some of my students have like a talent that I will never think about it, right? Like I will never think about it, but I want them to share. So if they share it and it's in the first language, that's great. I will narrate it in the target language and will get that word that maybe would never, never be used in my class. And now it's part of our repertoire. So it's kind of like always thinking about it. Now, of course, I don't want 
to totally switch to uh, our first language. So it's kind of like that balance that we always have to have in our classes. Okay. I know this was a long episode, but I believe that Star Student Interview is one of those activities that can be a life saver and you can use it any time during the year and it can really create this engagement and connection with your class and it will allow you to use target language in a much contextualized, contextualized, I don't know, in a, in a better context, oh my gosh, my English is not doing great today, but you know, you will, you will, have, you will have grace. Okay. That is for today. I want to ask you a big favor. If you try, and I hope that you try start student, please let me know how it goes. Let me know if it goes bad, if it goes in great. Let me know when you find struggle, when was the, the things that didn't work and tell me the good things too. Tell me. What was the question that your students loved the most? Tell me what was the like, I don't know, the, the highlight of the star student because those comments just really gives me, I don't know, a, a lot of motivation for keep doing this and also give me ideas for seeing what the struggles that we face that maybe I haven't faced yet, but we can like brainstorm and try to find options for us. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, could you take just two minutes to leave a review? Because your reviews not only give me a ton of motivation, but also play a vital role in making this podcast more visible to other world language educators just like you. And of course, I love to hear your words. I love to hear what you say about the podcast. And if the podcast helps you, it's just kind of like ah, oh, music to my ears. So thank you again for hanging in with me. And I hope that you have a great rest of the week and that you use a star student interview. Nos vemos pronto. Chao, chao.